Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024. It is the Tuesday of the first week after Epiphany. So, yeah. Yeah, it happens to be my birthday today. So, thanks for all the birthday greetings. I appreciate that. Um, some people that I know like to talk about it's their birthday month. I don't know if you have people like that in your house, but there, there's only two people in my house right now. And one of them, as soon as the calendar turns, it's my birthday month. Well, this that particular person happens to have a birthday at the, the very last day of the month, the 31st. So, yeah, so the whole month. It's my birthday month. Yeah, I know. Mine comes so early, I really can't take advantage of that because pretty much Christmas, you're still thinking Christmas and then New Year. So, anyway. But it is what it is. I don't know where this birthday month came from, but it's crazy. Um, but anyway, glad that you are on. We are uh, reading through these uh, readings through the new, uh, all the Bible, uh, lectionary readings. And basically this plan, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, takes you through the, the entire Bible in two years. It's on a two-year cycle. So you read through the entire Bible in two years. And you do so by reading um, three portions a day. One from the Old Testament, one from one of the epistles, and then a reading from the Gospels. And so what I did do, I actually, um, I messed up yesterday, actually, because I read the readings for Sunday, which is the first day of, of the week. Um, so today, um, we're actually just going to jump to Tuesday, which is where we should be. All that to say, we we're skipping Monday's readings because I read them out of order, but already messing up this year, man, already messing up, already just, already just got to messing up my game. Messing all y'all up. So we're not going to be reading Genesis chapter two, which we read one yesterday, so we're going to jump over to Genesis 3 today. So the readings today are Genesis 3, Hebrews 2, and John chapter 1. Genesis 3, Hebrews 2, John chapter 1. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So glad you guys are on. Let's do this. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Genesis chapter 3. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Which, uh, you know, if we would have read chapter 2 like we're supposed to, we'd know that that isn't what God said. He said, actually, you, he said quite the opposite. He said you could eat of any tree except... Actually, any tree was uh, was available. There was just one tree that was forbidden. And here the serpent is reversing that to make it way more extreme, way more um, restrictive than God even intended it to be. And that's what the enemy tries to do quite often, just to make God seem unreasonable. You ever notice that? Like one of the great weapons of the enemy is to try to make God seem unreasonable, extreme, restrictive. Um, verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Well, now she's adding stuff to it. <laughs> um, I have to look back for sure, but I don't think, I don't think God said anything about touching it, but she's already, um, she's already made it more extreme too. It's in the day that you eat of the fruit, you'll surely die. But now, the woman has, in her mind, as God said, you can't even touch it. If you touch it, you're going to die. Now, probably not recommended to touch it because leads one thing leads to another. You know what I'm saying? But already, um, there's a, a religious uh, asceticism, which is this do not touch, do not taste. That kind of is a part of the human nature. <clears throat> Verse 4, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Hmm. So this is just a flat out, this is a flat out contradiction of what God said, right? You will not certainly die. That's like, I mean, the, the message behind the message is God is lying. God is high, holding out on you. That's that is what the temptation. That is part of the the serpent's temptation here, or or the sinister message is that God is lying. God is holding out on you. And man, it's that's so true. That's like God. The enemy still does that with the with uh, God's people. And really, the way he deceives the world is he convinces the world that God's holding out on you. God doesn't want you to have fun. God doesn't want you to experience true life. He wants to restrict you. He wants to put these unbearable weights on you when is absolutely not true. <laughs> God wants life for us. He wants joy for us. God gave the uh gave Adam and Eve the warning in the garden that when they eat of the the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. Like that he's saying that's what's going to happen. 
It is not um it is not being uh cruel or even strict for that matter when you tell someone the consequences of what they do. How's that? If you go, you know, a hundred miles an hour through this curve, you're not gonna make the curve. You're not gonna make the turn. Now, would anybody say that's restrictive? That's cruel. How dare you limit someone from going to less than 100 miles an hour through that curve? No. We're telling you if you do that, which you have the freedom to do, you're not going to make the curve. And God basically says in the garden, you can eat of everything. Do not eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you do, you will surely die. I'm just not, I'm going to kill you. That's not what he says. I'm going to strike you down. No, that's what's going to happen because you're not made for that. And so God knows us better than we know ourselves. So when God gives us instructions in his word that we may feel like are restrictive because that's what that's how the enemy and our human nature likes to interpret it, <laughs> it's actually for our good. And he's just telling us what will happen. He's telling us what what is that? What is when some the way it really is? What is that? That's reality. God is telling us reality. And so the serpent says, You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. It's interesting that here the serpent pretends to speak or to have inside knowledge about God. Have you ever seen that before? For God knows that when you eat, so the serpent is saying, I know things about God that you don't. I have insight about God that you don't. So um, I'm going to talk to you about uh, what God really knows. I have this uh, personal a connection with God that you don't have. So let me tell you about God. That is a sinister thing the enemy tries to do because um, that isn't true. The enemy doesn't know anything about God that we don't know because uh, God has been fully disclosed to us in Jesus Christ. So if we know Jesus, we have a relationship with him, there's nothing that the enemy is going to tell us about God that we can't know through Jesus. Um, verse six, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, uh-oh, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. You did not. Yes, she did. She took it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. Now, isn't that interesting? Because though we think that Eve was out here by herself, like just Lone Ranger. But the truth is, Adam was right there with her. Where was Adam, like, helping her out, saying, hey, no, 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 uh, let's talk about this, Eve. Didn't, let's, uh, let's remember what God said. I don't, I'm not feeling good about this. But he's being passive. Mm -hmm. He's being passive. 
He's not being any kind of a spiritual influence, much less a spiritual leader. He back there. I don't know what he do. He on, he on his iPhone. He looking up the score. Oh, by the way, congratulations, uh, U of M fans. Michigan won the national championship last night. I know some of you are from Ohio, so you probably hate that. I don't know if you love it or hate it, but uh, represent the Big Ten, but it is Michigan. So, But I have a lot of fam people in my family that love Michigan, so I'm happy for them. So And, and a lot of friends that like uh, Michigan. So anyway, but Adam, is uh, he's right there, but he on his iPhone. He ain't even paying attention. She, Eve's about to destroy the creation of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but Adams just got to look up the score. Like, I don't know. I, I don't do what you got to do, but I, I got more important matters. No, you ain't got nothing more important than what's happening right here with this, with this tree and this fruit. Which, by the way, do you notice there's nothing here about an apple? We do not. We use that as the, the visual, but there's, it doesn't say anything about an apple tree. Don't say nothing about she ate the apple. Just fruit. Don't know what kind of fruit it was. Just historically, we've associated this temptation with a juicy red, bright apple. I don't know how apples got bad rap. Ain't nothing said about an apple. Could have been something else. Been a, I don't know. Orange. Could have been an orange. Citrus. Could have been tangerine. Um, but she took it. Her husband was right there. He ate it because he wasn't paying attention. He just took it and ate it too. Mm -mm -mm. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So they were naked the whole time didn't, and were innocent. Um, then suddenly when they their innocence was gone, innocence lost, right? <clears throat> verse 8. They, they, so they immediately made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. One of the saddest, this is one of the saddest verses in the Bible because up to this point, there was no hiding from God. Up to this point, there was no hiding from God. Um, it was quite the opposite. Um, there was an excitement when they heard God was near. It was like, oh, God is near. And now it's the opposite. It is a, um, there's a shame. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a break in the relationship. Like, oh, I don't want to see him. Oh, what are we going to tell him? Oh, he's not going to. And so they hid. And people, human beings have been hiding from God ever since. Ever, ever since uh, Genesis 2.8, the human race has been hiding from God. And that's, you know, that's the, that's the sad part of it. Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden, or... God, well, I'm sorry, excuse me, verse, verse 9. 
But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Hmm. Notice he asked the man, <laughs> Adam, bro, where are you? Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was, look, look, look at fear. I was afraid. No fear up until this point. But here he's saying, I'm, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Hmm. And he said, who told you that you were naked? You've been naked the whole time, bro. I don't know. This is a new revelation for you, but you've been naked the whole time. I created you naked. But who told now? Why is it now you're self-conscious? Why is it now you have shame? Why is it now that you have guilt? Why is it now there's this broken relationship between um, the man and the woman and me or God and the people? And why, why, why? What happened? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat? The man said, <laughs> the, man, uh, the man said, the woman you put here, you create, you created her, you put her here. The one you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. I was fine just here scrolling on my iPhone, but she put this fruit in my face and, you know, I ate it. I did. Well, I, I did. But you see what's happening here. He's blaming God. God, you created her. <laughs> it's her fault. Actually, it's your fault because you created her. Mm. And that's what we do as human beings, right? We don't want to take responsibility for our failures. We got to blame someone. We have to be the victim, right? We have to be the victim of something or someone or something else. It can't actually be uh, my fault. <laughs> Verse 13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, <laughs> she, goes, she just goes on down the line. It's not my fault. The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's the uh, Proto-Evangelion, the, uh, the early, uh, the first gospel, Proto-Evangelion, that right there, that uh, it's a glimpse of the gospel that the offspring, <clears throat> excuse me, the offspring will crush her head and strike his heel. A, a looking forward to Christ who will undo the curse of the fall. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the fruit of the tree. By the way, the problem wasn't listening to your wife. <laughs> See, that's what all went wrong. Adam listened to his wife. No, that's, 
the point is not that he just generally listened to his wife. It's, the problem is that he listened in regard to this temptation. You must not eat from it, um, which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Hmm. So this is the results of the fall, right? This is the, um, the result of... Um, it's the curse, curse of the fall, that things will be diff more difficult. Um, childbirth will be more difficult. Um, the, uh, toil and labor will be more difficult. Um, now, it's interesting that work itself was part of the original creation because when God created man and Adam and Eve, they were to work. They were to steward um, the garden. So work is, someone say, I know, man, work is part of the curse of the fall. No, actually, we were always created to work. We were created to do things. We were created to accomplish things. The, cur the result of the curse is that it's going to be considerably more difficult, um, that there's going to be um, just going to be harder. Um, but you and I were created to accomplish things. Um, it is part of the way we were originally it was the part of the good part of the way we were created you know genesis 1 2 everything is good after genesis 3 there's a lot of bad that enters the human condition but the the uh the desire the ability to rule and to create and to govern and to oversee and to work and to produce that's part of the good that's part of the good verse 20 Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. All the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. That's a beautiful picture of God's grace, kindness, because they were embarrassed, they were ashamed. He provided for them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forevermore. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So they're banished from the garden. They're uh, that perfect place of fellowship with God. They have uh, they have been banished from um, paradise lost, as it were. And it wouldn't be until Jesus comes that, well, maybe the readings today will also address that. Paradise restored. Hebrews chapter 2, verses uh, Hebrews 2, 1 through 10. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? 
this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, which Proto-Evangelium, way back in the uh, garden, was first announced by the Lord, the salvation was confirmed by us, by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of him, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. So that's just the order of creation, right? There's God, there's the angels, there's human beings. And he's made the human, he made human beings a little lower in the created order, a little lower than the angels. But you've crowned human beings with glory and honor. And you've put everything under their feet. So eventually, even though they were in the order, they were below the angels. One day we will be over all. Not over God, but in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is subject to them, that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. So right now, that's not how we live. But one day when we're in, um, when we're in heaven, we will reign with Christ. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Hmm. Taste what death? The death that was said in the garden, in this day that you eat of this fruit you will surely die. Jesus is going to taste that death for us so that we can be saved from tasting it ourselves. While we will still physically die, we will be. We have now the uh, available to us the ability to live spiritually alive forever because Jesus tasted the death of the curse uh, of the human race that really began in the garden. Verse ten: In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists. Should make, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. It was through his suffering that he pioneered a way for us to get back to paradise. That is, a relationship with God. Intimacy with God. And to be with him forever. All right, one more reading, guys. John chapter 1, uh, 19 through 28. 19 through 28. Thank you guys for being on today, by the way. It's awesome. Appreciate you being here. Now, this was John's testimony to the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. Wait, wait, that's not right. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. So this is John the Baptist. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you, a, are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? 
John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been, who had been sent questioning him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Verse 26, I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptized. Mm. So when we read these readings, we always like to ask, like, what's these, what are the common themes between these, these three groupings of readings from Genesis, from Hebrews, and here from John? Um, clearly, it's where well, one clear is the, um, the prediction and the fulfillment of a pathway back to God. Um, God himself said that there would be an offspring, the offspring of the woman who would uh, crush the serpent. And the in Hebrews says that there's such a great salvation that is now available. And John the Baptist is preparing the way for that ministry of Jesus. You may see other themes that um, connect those. And if you see them, share them. It's always cool to see what other people see in those, um, in those readings. So, yeah, share them with other people. Hey, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends and the privilege that we have to be together today. I pray your blessing upon each and every one. Thank you for this great salvation that we have in Jesus. Lord, may we live out of that joy and peace and grace. May we always listen to the voice of God and resist the voice of the enemy. Because God, we know that you love us, that you care for us, and you desire our good. Help us to walk in that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for spending some time in the Word of God. We'll be back at it tomorrow as we continue our readings. You guys are awesome. Love you guys. Thanks for liking, subscribing, commenting, sharing, all that stuff. Really appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, be sure to hit that little thumbs up button before you leave. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.